0: If you are still tied to the sin and the shame of your past, you don't have victory, you don't have freedom, you're enslaved, you're thinking wrong thoughts, you've been so sinned against and you've committed so much sin, you think that's that's your identity. What God is trying to tell you today is He wants to change your identity.
1: Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Last week, Pastor Trent introduced us to a woman named Rahab. Although she was a Canaanite and a prostitute by profession, we learned that she found freedom from her past by placing her trust in the God who rescues. So let's listen now as Pastor Trent returns to the book of Joshua, chapter 2, and teaches us about the symbol of Rahab's rescue. We'll learn how that symbol also points us to the rescue from sin found in Jesus Christ. With part two of the message, Getting Past Your Past, here's Pastor Trent. Now
0: then. Please swear to me, she's speaking to the spies, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with me and my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brother and my sister and all who belong to them, my nieces and my nephews and my cousins, and deliver our lives from death. She knew that the invasion was coming. She knew that God was gonna wipe out this country, but she wanted out alive. And so she asked them for a promise. She asked them for a sign. The men respond in verse 14. And the men said to her, our life for yours even unto death. And for the first time she sees what real love looks like from real men who are spies. They say back to her, if you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us this land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you, verse 15. And she let them down by a rope through a window for her house was built into the city wall so that she lived in the wall. Now, you've got to imagine this here. Big wall, small house, she lived in a wall, okay? And the wall apparently was a couple of stories up because... She was gonna let them out a window, down a rope to get out alive. Now why did these spies need to go out the window down the rope? Very simple, they would have been caught, they would have been killed if they had tried to go down the stairwell the way that they came in. They would have gotten stopped at the gate, they never would have made it out alive if they hadn't gone out the window and down the rope. She fortunately had a rope for them. And this rope became a rope of rescue for these spies. They were not getting out without the rope. It continues in verse 16. And she said to them go into the hills or the pursuers will encounter you and hide there 3 days until the pursuers have returned then afterward you may go your way verse 17 the men said to her we will be a guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you may that you have swar- sworn to us verse 18 behold when we come into the land do you remember that sign she was asking for they said we'll give you a sign here's the sign When we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and you shall gather into your house your father and your mother and your brothers and all your household. Then if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood... Why are they bringing up blood? It's a phrase of knowing who's responsible... He said, his blood shall be on his own head and we shall be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in this house, his blood shall be on your head. It's a way of talking about who's responsible, who's going to be held accountable for our actions. His blood will be on your head, or his blood will be on our hand. Verse 20: But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be guiltless with respect to the oath that you have sworn us. And she said, According to your words, so so be it. Then she sent them away and departed, and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. We find out another detail about this rope. What color was the rope? Play along with me here. What color was the rope? Scarlet. Or if you went to public school, red is fine. It's an acceptable answer if you can't spell scarlet. Now, what is the significance of red? Remember, she has asked them for a sign. I don't trust you. I want to see something from you. And they said, okay, you're going to put the rope out your window, the scarlet rope. Why... Was this color so important to the story? I believe this sign represented three things that the spies wanted her to see. First of all, that that sign was the sign of her sin. How do we know that scarlet is the color of s- sin that signifies sin in some way? It's because of this verse, Isaiah chapter one, verse eighteen. Though your sins be like what color? Scarlet. If I was writing the Bible, that's not an announcement, by the way. But if I was writing the Bible, I would have put black. How many of you would have gone with black there? Though your sins be like uh, black, like a stain, like you know, really dark mud and dirt. You know, he doesn't use the color black. He uses the color red. Though your sins be like scarlet they shall be as white as snow. Nobody in Florida or Arizona understands this verse. We understand this verse, okay? We know what snow looks like, right? Anybody need a picture of, you don't need that. I don't need to put a picture of snow. I don't need to do that, right? But what's the significance of red? How many of you as parents have uh, um, given your children uh, juice or Kool-Aid in a cup? And yet, because your children, like my children, have no dexterity, it doesn't stay in the cup. It ends up on their clothes or on the carpet. Am I just my children or has anybody else experienced this, right? How easy is that to get out? Is that hard to get out? It's almost impossible to get out a red scarlet juice stain on carpet or on a white shirt. And that's what he's trying to communicate to us. It is almost impossible to get the shame of sin out of our lives. But he says, though they are red like crimson, three different colors of shades of red, scarlet red, crimson. Do you need to understand what we're talking about here? They though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool, white wool. What animal produces wool? A lamb. What was the sign? these spies were trying to get her to see that the sign she was asking for was a sign of sacrifice a sign of sacrifice remember these do you remember what these spies had gone through 40 years earlier they were the slaves in egypt and the only way they got out of egypt alive was by red Red blood from a spotless lamb being smeared all over the doorpost as a way of escaping the judgment that was coming from the death angel. And God passed over them because the death angel saw the color red. And these spies said, Yeah, that's a red rope. That's perfect because red is the color of rescue. This is what you need to do, Rahab. Hang that red rope outside the window. Interestingly, we went through the doorpost and then we went out this window. And so now you hanging the color red outside the window is going to be our way of knowing we're gonna pass over you and you're gonna be rescued. You're gonna be saved because they understood that rescue is always accomplished through the color of blood. We don't know how the rope got red. Maybe it was dyed. Maybe it was dipped in blood. And that's what made it red. These spies, they understood the significance of blood. Do you understand the significance of blood to redemption? Those of you that are carrying guilt and shame for sin, even though you made a commitment to Christ years ago, maybe continue you continue to be plagued by things that happened last week or last month or 50 years ago for that matter. Do you know what you need to be reminded? You need to be reminded about what the Bible says about the power of the color of blood. Notice this in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. He points back to Egypt and says, For Christ... Our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Christ once and for all paid for all the sin of all the people who had ever repented and believed. And if you are in Christ, He is your Passover lamb. He has provided your rescue through His blood because He was sacrificed. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. The blood of Christ will purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Ephesians 1.7, in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespass according to the riches of his grace. 1 John 1.7, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Revelation 1.5, Jesus Christ who loves us and has freed us because we once were slaves. He's freed us from our sins by his blood. The color of rescue is the color of blood. And these spies knew there is no way we're getting out of this alive without the color of blood. What's so significant about this color of blood? I want you to see it here. Notice in verse 21, she did something so significant. And she said, according to your words, so be it. Then she sent them away and departed. they departed. And she tied the scarlet cord to the window. I need a little help up here. Sam and Olivia, I need you. And um, uh, Colin, I'll take you. So yeah, come on up here. I need some some victims, volunteers. Uh, you are in the sermon, okay? So uh, I got some things up here for you. Um, I got two signs up here. Let's see. Um, um, Olivia, come right over here. Um, you get the uh, bad draw today. You will represent sin and shame. Uh, just stand right there if you would. And um, Sam, you get to represent the blood and the cross, okay? Now you're useless at this point. Just hold on. All right now. <laughs> This is what I want you to understand. In the story, we find the story of us. And let me just say as a precursor here, I'm not sure where the explanation and the I'm not sure where the explanation stops and the illustration begins but it is not insignificant that this rope is the color of blood. When you are born into this world, you are tied to sin and shame. You have no choice about it. Um, You're just tied. You're you're a slave. You're as much a slave to sin as Rahab was to her occupation. You're, You're tied up. You're bound to sin and shame. Some of you today are still bound to sin and shame, and you need a rescue. And what God is trying to say to you through this story is you need to tie your rope to something else. Now these spies that were there, they had somehow gotten caught up in the place of Rahab's sin and shame. Remember, they're having this conversation in her house on the roof. There had probably been some sinful things that had gone on on that roof. And there they were. They weren't in sin, but they were in the place of her sin and her shame. And in some sense, they were tied to it, and as a matter of fact... If they didn't get out of there, they were going to die along with her. Please hear me. The only way that the spies were going to get out of this alive, if they could trust the rope and repel out of the place of sin and shame to the place of rescue, and in their minds, that had something to do with the color of blood. Do you understand that our identity will be determined by which end of the rope we're tied to? If you are still tied to the sin and the shame of your past, you don't have victory. You don't have freedom, you're enslaved, you're thinking wrong thoughts, you've been so sinned against and you've committed so much sin, you think that's that's your identity. What God is trying to tell you today is he wants to change your identity. The rope of redemption unties you from the shame of your past and ties you to the blood in the cross of Christ. And the blood in the cross of Christ pull you out of your past identity and give you a new identity in Christ. Come here, Colin. Who? This is Evan. (laughs) Can I call you Colin? This is Evan. So Evan Evan represents each of you, okay? And let me just say, I'm looking at you. This is an upgrade for most of you, okay? So this is Evan, and uh, he represents you. And up until you become a Christian, you, like Evan, or Colin, or whatever his name is, like Evan, you're you're tied, you're bound. But like Rahab, she made a choice. And even though we said that she... She did this by faith, she believed the spy, she believed what she heard about God. It took something more than just intellectually believing that she was gonna be saved. What did she have to do in verse 21? She had to tie the rope in the window. If she had just sat there and believed that she would be saved, even though she'd gotten all the knowledge about God, Would she have been saved or would she have been destroyed? She would have been destroyed. So she had to intentionally come to the place where she tied herself to a new identity. She was gonna get out of this alive the same way that the spies got out of it alive. She had to trust the power of red. The power of that rope. The spies trusted the strength of that rope to get out of the window. She was trusting the strength of that rope to be the signal to the approaching destruction to pass over her and get her out of this. You guys can take all that off and leave that right there and you guys can head down. My question to you is this. Which end of the rope are you tied to? Which end of the rope are you gonna allow to determine your identity? Are you living tied to sin and shame or are you living consciously, repeatedly, daily, tying yourself to the offer of redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ who loves us and has freed us from our sins? Here's the last thing we're going to learn from Rahab. We're going to learn how to go onward in hope for our future. Aren't you curious what happened to her? Let's find out real quick. Now the end of the chapter here, let me just summarize those last three verses. The spies got out alive and they made it back over across the Jordan River and they went back and told Joshua everything I just told you. Now I want you to turn two pages to the right, go over to chapter six and let's find out what happened to Rahab when the armies of Israel got into Canaan. Look with me in verse 22. Chapter six, verse 22. And to the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belong to her as you swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brothers and all who were with her and and all of her relatives and they put them outside the camp of Israel, verse 24. And they burned the city with fire, and everything in it, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of bronze and of iron, and they put them into the treasury of the house of the Lord. Verse 25, but Rahab, the prostitute, and her father's household, and all who belonged to her, Joshua, saved. I told you this when we began the series, but the word Joshua It's actually in the Hebrew pronounced Yeshua. It's exactly the same name that we use for Jesus in the Greek New Testament. Jesus saved her and gave her a new identity. And because she was tied to the color of blood, the judgment passed over and she made it out alive. The same is true for you. The only way you're getting out of this alive without being destroyed by the wrath and the fury of God because he hates sin is to tie yourself to the redemption offered through the blood of Jesus Christ. And do you know what is so amazing about this story? That when Rahab made it out alive she stood back and watched as the place of her shame and the place of her sin was absolutely annihilated. It went up in smoke. The place of her sin and shame would be a place she would never return to. I'm not going back there. I've got a new identity. I've got a new hope, and I've got a new future. Do you remember at the end of Forrest Gump? Jenny dies. Very sad story. And after she dies, Forrest goes back to Jenny's house. And do you remember what he did to it? He destroyed it. He destroyed the place of her shame and her sin because in his mind she had a new identity. That wasn't the girl that he knew whatever sins had been committed against her whatever sins had committed Been committed by her. He had given her a new identity. And the same is true for you. In Christ, we have a new identity. He wants to destroy the place of your past sin and shame and give you a hope and a future. You know what? This is not the last time in the Bible we hear about Rahab. We read about Rahab in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, she's assigned a new identity. There's two doctrines that we are studying right now. One is called the doctrine of justification. We talk about it all the time around here. It means that Jesus forgives the sin committed by me and treats me as if I've never sinned because he treated Jesus as if he had committed all my sin. That's the doctrine of the justification of God. But there's another doctrine here. It's called the doctrine of expiation. And it teaches this. Jesus cleanses not only the sin committed by me, Jesus cleanses the sin committed against me. He gives me a new identity. I'm not tied to the past of my sin and shame. I'm tied to his blood, and I'm tied to his future. I'm tied to Jesus. Rahab was tied to Jesus. If you don't believe that, let me prove it to you in the New Testament. In the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, she's identified by her faith. By faith. Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had been given, because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. We read about her again in James chapter 2, verse 25 where she's identified by her good works. Rahab the prostitute was justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. It's not teaching that you're saved by works. What it's teaching is, is that the evidence of your faith is works. The evidence that she believed God was that she tied the rope. She did something. If there's no evidence that you believe, you need to check out whether or not you really believe. Rahab really believed. Not only is she identified by her faith and by her works, she's identified by her connection to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, it tells us the family tree and the legacy of Rahab. Here's the good news. Rahab the prostitute one day met a guy and they fell in love and they got married and they had a baby. And the baby's name was Boaz. And Boaz grew up and he fell in love with a girl named Ruth, and they had a baby named Obed. And Obed grew up and met a girl and fell in love, and they had a baby, and the baby's name was Jesse. And Jesse met and fell in love, and he had a baby named David. And David became the king of all of Israel. And David had a legacy that ended up in a baby that was born in Bethlehem named Jesus. Do you understand what this is saying? Rahab was the great, 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 not sure how many greats, but great grandmother of Jesus. Listen, because Jesus saved Rahab, Rahab later resulted in the baby named Jesus. I can't explain that, but what we know is this. Rahab's legacy was not her prostitution. Rahab's legacy was her new identity as she was tied to Jesus. In conclusion, it's not about Rahab, it's about you. It's about me. My question is this, what will define your identity? You got three options. Are you gonna allow what has happened to you to define your identity? What has been done by you to define your identity? All that sin, all that shame, all that regret, is that what's gonna define you? or are you gonna be tied to that? Or here's a better option. Will you allow your identity to be defined by what has been done for you? Jesus Christ went to that cross for you. He shed his blood for you. His body was broken for you. What are you going to do in response to that? Are you just gonna live your life in sin and shame? Or will you tie your life and your identity to Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, that takes away the sin of the world?
1: Though Rahab was once tied to her sin and shame, her new identity will be forever remembered through the rope of her rescue. The red rope symbolizing Rahab's rescue from a life of sin now points us to the freedom made available through the blood of Christ shed for sinners at the cross. Well, each week at Harvest Bible Chapel, we come together to worship the God of our rescue, and we love for you to join us this Sunday at our Granger Indiana campus or our St. Joseph Michigan campus. For service times and campus locations, visit us on the web at harvestgranger.org. Well, I hope you'll join us again next week as Pastor Trent continues in the book of Joshua and tells us three things an onward-oriented Christian must never forget. I'm Aaron Paulus. Thanks for being with us today. And I hope that God's word will resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate is a radio ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger, harvestgranger.org.